0: Before we begin today's podcast, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners upon the land in which we meet, the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation and pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Trial by Podcast. My name is Samantha Jack and I'm here with Kelly Williams. Today we're going to be discussing gun regulation in the United States and how it compares to Australian regulation. We will speak specifically about past events in both countries and show the actual impact that regulation can have on reducing firearm injury and deaths.
0: We want to quickly advise that what we will be discussing goes into some detail about gun violence and the disturbing events of the Sandy Hook Massacre and the Port Arthur Massacre. This can be a very sensitive topic, so please bear that in mind before continuing to listen. Now, Sammy, can you begin by telling us a little bit about the current US law?
1: So, Kelly, as I'm sure most people are aware, the US has a strong gun culture, with many citizens owning a gun. Gun ownership is protected in the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which outlines the right to bear arms. The U.S. Supreme Court has ruled that this protects an individual's right to keep and bear arms for lawful purposes, such as self-defense, within the home. Not only this, currently 44 states out of 52 in the U.S. have a provision in their state constitutions which protect the right to keep and bear arms. Well, it's
0: pretty clear that gun ownership is entrenched in U.S. law and U.S. culture. Sammy, can
1: you tell us a bit more about gun regulation in the US and how difficult it is to get a gun? Sure. So, the Gun Control Act of 1968 regulates firearms at the federal level. It requires that citizens and all legal residents must be 18 years old of age to purchase shotguns, rifles and ammunition. All other firearms, such as handguns, can only be sold to people who are 21 and older. Sammy, apart from age, what other regulations are in place? Well, people who are deemed a danger to society, such as patients involuntarily committed to mental institutions and those with felony convictions that include a prison sentence exceeding one year, are among some who are prohibited from purchasing firearms. Additionally, the Gun Control Act requires potential firearm purchasers to fill out a federal form which checks for prior convictions and other concerning factors. In terms of licensing, only a handful of states require permits to purchase handguns, rifles and shotguns. Most states, however, require permits to carry and conceal handguns. However, virtually no state requires a permit to carry and conceal rifles and shotguns.
0: Wow. So there aren't really many things in place that stop just about anybody buying and carrying a gun, is there? It's not so surprising that there is a history of gun violence.
1: So, Sammy, can you tell us a little bit about what happened at Sandy Hook Elementary? So on December 14th, 2012, Adam Lanza entered Sandy Hook Elementary with an AR-15 two semi-automatic pistols, a shotgun, and hundreds of bullets. He killed 20 children and eight adults, including his own mother. The weeks following this tragic event, many questioned gun law in the US. The shooter had access to the guns as his mother kept guns in the house and was described to be a gun enthusiast, owning at least a dozen firearms. So what action was taken following this awful event? So just hours after the shooting, a petition was started asking the White House to immediately address the issue of gun control, which ended up getting more than 200,000 signatures just a week after the shooting. Obama, during his time as president, announced a plan for reducing gun violence, including tightening rules on background checks and banning assault weapons. New bills were, pu- were proposed on both issues in 2013, however failed to get the 60 votes it required to pass as federal legislation. As such, no substantial changes have been made to gun regulation. And in 2020, gun violence killed nearly 20,000 Americans, notably the most deadly gun violence year in decades. Wow.
0: So has there been any positive action following
1: Sandy Hook? Well, settlement was reached and the gun manufacturer Remington paid compensation to the families of victims of the massacre. This was the result of Remington's marketing strategy, which ultimately was found to be very appealing to young, impressionable teens, including having a TV ad with the slogan, Consider Your Man Card Reissued, and making ads for guns look familiar like video games. That's really interesting.
0: It's a shame, though, nothing drastic has yet happened in America to change gun regulation in
1: hopes of decreasing gun violence. I agree, Kelly. Kelly. So would you be able to tell us a bit now about Australia's history of gun violence and regulations so we can see how this differs from the US? Sure, Sammy. So I'm sure most people have heard of the Port Arthur Massacre,
0: a tragic event in 1996 where a lone gunman called Martin Bryant carried out a mass shooting at the historic Port Arthur tourist site in southeastern Tasmania. By the end of the shooting, Bryant had killed 35 people and wounded 23. He used a semi-automatic rifle, which he had purchased through a newspaper advertisement and another semi-automatic rifle, which he had purchased at a gun shop, to carry out the shootings. Prior to this incident, guns were not well regulated. There was no uniform national firearm legislation in Australia. Some states allowed minors to obtain a firearm license, and there was no specific requirements relating to the mental or physical condition when applying for a license. Also, once you had a license, it was valid for life and semi-automatic weapons could be legally owned, just to name a few of the regulations. Prior to Port Arthur, on average, Australia had about 600 firearm deaths a year, with
1: 80% of those being suicides. So, Kelly, what happened to gun regulation following this tragic incident?
0: Well, just 12 days later, Prime Minister John Howard made drastic reform to the Australian gun law. It was made possible because of the federal government coordination and widespread public support, with surveys showing that up to 85% of Australians supported gun control. Prime Minister John Howard required that every jurisdiction pass laws to ensure things such as the minimum age for a licence being 18, semi-automatic guns being banned except for farmers and professional shooters who could prove genuine reason for needing one, just to name a few. Since the implementation of stricter gun regulation,
1: Australia has had just two mass shootings, with mass shooting being where four or more people are killed. Wow, so it's pretty clear that our gun regulation laws seem quite effective in reducing violence. So what does Australia currently have now by way of gun regulation? Well, currently we
0: have three national agreements in place, as well as each state having a Firearms Act as well as associated regulations. These same regulations are are still in place, with the big one being that a person must have a firearm licence to possess or use a firearm. And to obtain this licence, you must have a genuine reason for needing a gun which does not include self-defence.
1: And Kelly, what about gun culture in Australia? Is it anything like America?
0: Not at all, Sammy. Of course, there are still people advocating for more relaxed gun laws. However, ultimately, they are small in number. The data indicates that the number of licensed gun owners has declined by about a third since the Port Arthur massacre resulted in policy changes, despite a rise in population. However, the number of guns per owner has increased from 2.1 in 1997 to 3.9 in 2019.
1: That's really interesting. So what would you say is the biggest takeaway from all of this? Well, whilst there has been an increase in gun ownership,
0: it is evident that Australia's policy response instigated by the Port Arthur massacre on 28th of April 1996 remains an example of the significant impacts and possibilities of firearm injury prevention. That's not to say that vigilance is still not required. The very success of our gun laws means that no no one worries about them anymore,
1: making them vulnerable to erosion. I completely agree, Kelly. Australia really needs to remain alert. It would also be great to see America start making progress on increasing gun regulation to ultimately reduce gun violence. I guess it's a really interesting area of law that I'm sure we'll be monitoring in the future in both the US and Australia. Exactly. Couldn't agree more, Sammy.